0: or get help with anything else, and a lot more. If you're interested in joining the community, buying some merch, sponsoring the show, or signing up for the newsletter, please go to buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Michael Zyperski. He's the CEO and co-founder at ConsultingSuccess.com. Michael, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, i glad to be here with you, Kevin.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you're doing is, is actually really quite fascinating to me um, and, and I think kind of much needed for, for a lot of people. But maybe before we kind of get into that fun stuff, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up.
1: Sure. Yeah, I was uh, born in Toronto. Okay. When I, when I was uh, two years old, my family picked everything up and uh, and moved us to Israel. So, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I didn't have a choice in the matter. I was two years old, so you know, off we <laughs> went. Um, and it was quite interesting. You know, looking back, my my father at that time was a doctor. Uh, okay. Had had everything that like a lot of people would would dream of having. You know, the the house in the city a cottage up by a lake, a boat, a car. Nice. He'd gone from, I think my grandparents, uh, my f- grandfather was in the, the butcher business. My other grandfather uh, passed away before I was born, so I, I didn't have a chance to know him. But my family, my parents came from very humble beginnings. My uh, father worked very hard to kind of establish himself, and people thought he was crazy for leaving this like, private practice and work at a hospital to pretty much go live on a kibbutz. And for anyone that's not familiar with what that is, a kibbutz is almost like a, a socialist type of community where people um, settle on this land and you work together as a community. So my father worked part-time in a hospital, but he also worked part-time in the banana fields and milking cows. And uh, it was, yeah, it was a really interesting environment. Uh, Kibbutzim or or kibbutz have changed a lot in Israel now. But for me, growing up in that environment where you just run around, it felt very safe uh, and just a lot of fun, you know, lots of nature. And so I took a lot of memories from that. I think it shaped, um, you know, who I am today because I have a, a real love and appreciation and fascination with all different uh, cultures and religions and languages and people, uh, and that that certainly played a big role. So when I was about six and a half, uh, we moved back to North America to Vancouver, okay. and here I was, didn't speak English at that time.
0: Interesting. Uh, really,
1: yeah, I didn't really know anyone, and so I was like this outsider. Trying to kind of figure uh, my way out. And again, you know, that that played a a big role in my life, I think, in terms of facing challenges and overcoming them. Uh, I grew up with sports being my life. I played everything from uh, basketball and baseball to soccer uh, to rugby and track and field. I was very competitive in in all those, made the All Star team in in quite a few of them, ended up uh, very competitive in track and field in high school. Uh, One guy could never beat, his name was Dylan Armstrong. Right. And a few years later, he went on to win the bronze medal at the uh, Olympics for Canada. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, it was, that's kind of, you know, how, um, you know, how my upbringing was. And I don't know if you want to, I'm happy to kind of share like beyond high school years, but that's kind of how that was my, my early days.
0: Sure. No, I think that's great. So you kind of went to a bunch of universities. Do you want to kind of walk us through your educational career? Cause it's quite fascinating.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'll put this out there, just (laughs) like a disclaimer, right? When I was in high school, I had absolutely no intention of going to to any kind of university or or studying. In fact, I hated school. Why is that? Well, I I grew up again from the age of, you know, from what I remember, like say six years old or six and a half years old uh, until about grade ten. My whole life was sports. Like literally, I just played sports. I I don't think I read a book until I was in grade eight. Like wow. a book every time that a teacher would assign us something to read, I would go and get the Coles notes version for anyone's not familiar. It's the yeah, summarized right, version of a book. Sure. Um, and so I just did what I needed to do to, to pass. Uh, there were some uh, situations where I almost didn't pass, but I had to get some extra tutors or stay after school or kind of do what I needed to do. But my life was sports and really the the big shift for me was when uh, in grade 10 or halfway through grade 10, I went to Thailand with my father and stepmother. Uh, That just opened my eyes to, like I had real hardcore culture shock in a very positive way, but it just opened up my mind to like, there's a world out there beyond what I knew growing up in in North America and from what I remembered being in the Middle East. Uh, And then my life changed. I guess I switched to that point from being very into sports, all of a sudden then being into arts. So things like music and poetry and photography. Um, Anyways, you know, so fast forward, like grade 11, a couple years now um, before making this decision around college, I still wasn't sure. Like I thought I would just kind of be roaming the world, exploring countries, traveling, because that's really what gave me like energy and excitement. But what happened was uh, I decided to study just a lot harder. I became like, I went from sitting at the back of the room all, all the time in class to sitting at the front of the room. Uh, from scribbling notes to actually taking or, you know, scribbling like little drawings to actually taking notes. And uh, I started to appreciate I had a really good teacher in history in grade 11. And uh, that certainly had an influence on me. Uh, You know, fast forward, graduated from high school, not with very good grades, but good enough to go to a local college. And when I went there, I took a program that was uh, like Asian business studies. It was called Pacific Rim Studies. Uh, and it was all about learning, like the history, the religion, the languages, a culture of uh, of the Pacific, uh, in terms of Asia Pacific.
0: Sure.
1: And uh, so that's what I studied. But at the same time, I wasn't satisfied with just learning, like the geography and the, the languages and religion and all, and all that. I wanted to apply business because when I was finishing high school, my cousin Sam and I we started our first business together, which is a web development design firm. So many years ago, like the early days of that stuff. And just, you know, maybe I want to make money. Like, I don't know what it was. I've always worked hard and had side jobs, even when I was in high school and even elementary school, I worked at, in my stepfather's uh, electronic shop. And so uh, I pretty much went to the head of the department for uh, our program. And I said, listen, I want to take business courses. Like, I don't want to just take what's in this program. And no one had ever said that to them before. And they were like, no, you can't do that. And I said, no, no. Like here, here's why I want to do this. And said, so said, well, listen. If you go off, make a case for for really why this is important to you, and come back, um, and we'll consider it. And so, long story short, they actually changed the program uh, for for me. I had one other friend, Josh, who uh, kind of piggybacked on that experience. And so we ended up taking like international law courses and marketing That's courses. Cool. You know, we changed um, the kind of trajectory of that program. So that was my background of really mixing in Asian business. So I did a one-year, well, actually no, it was a two-year program at this college uh, in Pacific Rim Business Studies was kind of what the the, uh, diploma was, and then at that point I uh, decided to get a degree, and so I went into it's called the University of British Columbia, UBC, uh, and as a third-year student, I actually applied for um, a year abroad, so I was like an um, you know an international student, but I went to Japan because I actually had been to Japan before that. Uh, I was dating a, a Japanese lady, who um, now is actually my wife. Okay. Uh, so you know, That's many, great man. Yeah, you know, many years later. Uh, but what was interesting is, you know, I went over to Japan. I spent about three months there. I got a, actually a scholarship. Worked really hard at college to be able to get money to go over there. Did a whole bunch of random jobs to make enough money to go traveling. Um, everything from working in a you know warehouse, moving boxes, even though I had an allergy to, to dust at that time, and laying sods like big heavy. Uh, rolls of grass, sure, you know, getting sure. all muddy, just like doing hustling to do whatever wow. needs to happen, you know, to make money. Um, but anyway, so I went as a third-year student uh, to Japan, and I studied at a Japanese university for my third year. Uh, and then I came back. I completed my fourth year. But what's interesting is, so I have a, I have a diploma from Langara College, which is a two-year program. I have a certificate from Kansei in Daigaku, which is um, the university in, in Japan in Kyogo, so okay. near Osaka. Uh, and then I have a four-year degree from UBC, but I only actually went there for one year. Interesting. So, yeah, you know wow. I have a lot of a lot of paper. Uh, <laughs> sure. But, but that whole time, I, I just wanted to be getting back to, to to Japan and doing business because when I was in Japan as an exchange student, what I was actually doing was taking the business that Sam and I had started, and actually we had started by that point a second company, and I was doing projects in Japan with Japanese organizations, helping them with their marketing and with their branding with their uh, English language communication. So, even though I went back to UBC to finish my degree, uh, I was really questioning that. In fact, I was thinking maybe I shouldn't go because on the business side things were really picking up. I was like, maybe I don't need my degree. I can just, you know, like forego it. But my I asked my parents. Said, what do you suggest? They said, you know what, at that time, and I think it was great advice. They said, just go. You can finish. You can always go back. So that's what I did. I went for one year, completed my degree, got right back on a plane, went over to Japan, and ended up spending about uh, five, six years there building. Uh, our business
0: very cool interesting so walk me through a little bit of your kind of the rest of your kind of company career history up until kind of what you're doing now because you you've founded or co-founded a bunch of companies you had a company that actually got acquired so kind Mm -hmm. of walk us through that journey maybe some career highlights along the way and then we'll kind of get into what you're doing now
1: sure so yeah, uh, the Fingertip Media was our first company that was a web development and design um, business that we started when I was uh, just leaving high school. Uh, we did that for a few years. Then we opened up a company called Kanke Culture, which was uh, a design and branding consultancy. And this is the one that when I was over in Japan, essentially opened up the, the branch office there once I finished uh, university and had the real honor and pleasure of working with some very large organizations uh, like Panasonic, Dow Jones Japan, Financial Times of Japan, Aonon, cool. Sumitomo. Uh, helping them again with their branding, with their marketing kind of and communication strategy for English-speaking countries. Uh, and then when I came back to North America, back to uh, Vancouver, uh, I started uh, another business, which was a lead generation consultancy for professional service firms. So I worked a lot with like law firms, uh, insurance, uh, investment, and other consulting firms helping them to generate more leads. Uh, the first two companies, Sam and I did together, this third company, uh, I started myself and, and ran that for many years uh, and built that business. Along that time though, or around that time, I should say, I was really having this feeling like inside that I wanted to be to create a business that would really be like location independent. I, I could work from anywhere as long as I had internet and, and a phone. And there was two main reasons for that, uh, Kevin. The first was, that I loved traveling and cultures and people and so I wanted to be able to continue to do that. The second is that around that time, my you know, uh, fiance, soon to be wife, uh, she's from Japan and I'm a very big family person. Like my sure. family, we get together a lot. We're very close. And so it was important to me that we would be able to spend a lot of time in Japan. Uh, and so now we've done it. We spend about three months every year there. Very but cool. I wanted yeah to to create that ability, and so in the back of my mind, I was thinking, how can I create a business? What could I start doing uh, to to actually achieve that? So Simon and I had many conversations, and what actually ended up happening is I started, uh, or I should say we started, but I started writing a lot of articles, just sharing ideas around like what was happening as a consultant, right? So just kind of like stories from the front lines and the trenches of what was working really well for me as we were building these consulting businesses uh, and my own consulting business, which was called Relogy Marketing uh, and as well as like the failures or the mistakes and the challenges, because I by that point I had achieved quite a bit of success, but it wasn't without like a lot of hard times that I'd gotten there. And I thought if I can help other people to overcome and sidestep some of those challenges, they're going to be able to see greater success and that's going to just be better for them and better for clients and better for just everyone. So we started Consulting success with that idea. Sam's background is really in, in branding and design um, and SEO and so forth. And so he was applying that. I was applying, uh, you know, just writing content and creating content and sharing my, my knowledge and experience. But we had no monetization plan. We, you know, we weren't really running ads. We weren't doing affiliate products. We weren't putting out anything for anyone to buy. In the early days, it was just like, here's content, here's what I'm thinking. And it started to grow. We, you know, we started to see that take off. Our traffic was growing. We were getting more interaction, more engagement, more questions, and that then led to this idea: Well, why don't we actually put together a course that distills down like my experiences of building consulting businesses? And so we launched a self-study course, and that you know sold. And fast forward um, to today, where we we have a self-study course for people who want to become successful consultants. But we also have a coaching program for consultants that really want to take their businesses to to the next level and get help with their marketing and fees and proposals and all that. But around that same time, like before we had actually even launched the consulting or sorry, the coaching program within consulting success, we also started to test other business models and ideas. And so one, which actually you may not know about because I don't talk about very often is that we actually bought into um, an e-commerce store, which was a jewelry store.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: You know, we, we worked with some coaches to help us to build that business. And we had a partner who was an expert in jewelry. Uh, And so we, we grew that business a little bit. Then we ended up selling that business. Uh, it wasn't a huge thing, but it was an interesting experience for us. And then we went on and we actually built another company, which is the one that you were referring to, which was called FreshGigs.ca. Um, that was acquired at the end of two thousand seventeen or beginning of two thousand eighteen, and completely different market. Um, FreshGigs.ca is a job board that specializes in marketing, communications, and media jobs. Uh, right. It was, and you know, probably c- continues to to be the the number one in Canada for uh, for that specific area. And uh, yeah, you know we, we got there uh, kind of through a lot of ups and downs, and we initially built that, built that out, invested over twenty thousand dollars to kind of build it, only to learn later on that no one actually wanted what we had built because uh, wow. it was very different than what it is today. Uh, so we had to transition. we had to kind of you know as people say in the startup world pivot, uh, but we had to make changes and we were able to, to turn it profitable and, and continue to grow it, and then uh, later on actually sell it so that was kind of. Um, that experience, which I think was a great one, taught me a lot of lessons. And, um, and today I'm fully focused on working with our clients, uh, at consulting success.
0: Sure. So just before we kind of get into consulting success, what made you kind of decide to actually pivot with fresh gigs? Was it like you were just getting user feedback or or whatnot, or how did you decide to kind of uh, transition that?
1: Well, it was actually like the failure to get, to get user feedback that really was the issue. Okay. Um, and so what I mean by that is we start off, you know, we invested twenty thousand plus dollars to to build this, and we were packing this online, you know, kind of software service as uh, with as many features as we could. that We thought that people would want, like just right. know, everything. Oh, great idea! Let's put that in. Put, put this in. Uh, but the problem was we never actually asked anyone, like, do you want this? And so when yeah. we kind of then launched this to some beta users we saw pretty quickly that the traction that we thought that we would have, like oftentimes entrepreneurs, right? You have an idea, you get all excited about it, you envision how successful it's going to be, but that success is just in your own mind. The, yeah. you know, really what, what will tell you if you're onto something is how the market responds. And so when we put it out there, we saw very quickly, the market told us like, Hey, 90% of what you have here, we don't even care about it. Like we don't there's no value in that. Uh, but this 10% here, like is interesting. And so we decided, well, why don't we double down? Like, let's just forget about the 90%. Let's strip this out completely and let's just focus on the 10%. And the 10% at that time was the whole job board. It it was okay. You know, we are marketing the community. Like we are marketing people. We are designers. We are uh, media people. And we, you know, we're good at our craft, but we're not necessarily good at finding the best jobs or it's we don't want to go to big, um, you know, job sites that are layered with like every kind of possible job. We want something very catered and focused to us, and so we took that feedback and we built on that, uh, and that was really how things took off.
0: Interesting. And then you got you sold that business. Did you kind of were you looking to sell? Did you kind of get approached, or or walk me through that process?
1: Yeah. So I mean, it was all of the above. Um, we we'd been thinking from a long time back that it was something we would be open to. I mean, whereas with like consulting success. Uh, it's you know sure that maybe in the future that's something that we would even think about, but at for the foreseeable future like I, I can just imagine doing uh, you know working with consultants and continue to help people grow consulting businesses like i've done for a very, very long time, but with fresh gigs we weren't really passionate about like gotcha. the recruiting space or sure. you know the job space um, it was a, it's a cool business it was profitable um, you know it was fun running it, but we were spending even though like a lot we weren't spending a lot of time. We had set up really good systems in place. So it was pretty much passive revenue, but it really felt to me like, you know, and Sam and I had conversations about us often. It was like a child that had great potential, but we weren't being good parents. Ah, we weren't really giving it what it needed to to succeed. And so, you know, that obviously meant that there could be greater revenue, but even beyond that, it meant that it could help more people. And so yeah, we opened up ourselves to just saying, Hey, if, we can find the right opportunity and the right, um, you know, group who could actually be good parents for us that could help this business to realize its full potential. And it worked out for all parties. Like we would be open to that. And so, um, you know, the other part of it too is we didn't want to go through a huge process that would weigh us down and, you know, do like months or years of due diligence and go pitch it to like on investor roadshows. We didn't want to do any of that. And so as luck would have it, we we were approached by someone through kind of a, a mutual friend um, and uh, a company that is in that business specifically. They have a lot of different job boards and they're building you know a tremendous network and a lot of just a, a very kind of successful group. Uh, and so we had some conversations and it seemed like a, a good fit in terms of of culture and transition and the process was, was going to be smooth. And so um, you know that was that was that the rest is history.
0: Interesting. No, I I think that's that's great. So. I want to dive a bit deeper into what you're doing with uh, Consulting Success. I, I think you have a bunch of different things. So maybe let's just start off with kind of the coaching side of the business. You have kind of a couple different programs. You maybe want to talk about those?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the real f- um, focal program is uh, our Clarity Coaching Program. And it's a, a coaching program where we work with consultants, again, to help them to really grow specifically their consulting business. So uh, these days, and I'll, I know a lot of people talk about consulting, and it's almost like coaching are the same things. Um, so just to be clear, the market that we have experience with, and the the market that we work with, are consultants that are serving organizations, and those organizations might be businesses, they might be nonprofits, they might be government, uh, but they're not individuals. And so, as an example, we don't work with massage therapists or spiritual okay. healers um, or or you know. Uh, People in, in that, those markets, uh, but if you are serving a business or an organization, uh, whether it's small, like some, you know, let's say a well-funded startup or uh, a Fortune 500 or 100 organization, we have a lot of experience helping people. In fact, we've helped over 300 consultants wow. uh, add six and seven figures to their annual revenue. So we have a, a coaching program that supports them, you know, in terms of how to get their marketing in place, get greater clarity around uh, who their ideal client is. Their messaging so they can really get the attention and interest of their ideal clients we help them with their uh, their offerings in terms of how to really take their experience and expertise and package it and position it and place value on it and price it in a way that the the market will will say yes to and will shorten their sales cycle uh, and then really also help them uh you know with proposals and and growth and scaling
0: interesting okay so do like just hypothetically use me as an example in like answering the question. So um, obviously like I'm, I'm not a consultant today but are you looking for somebody that like myself that has a skill set that could market or become a consultant or are you looking for somebody that's already kind of started um, a consulting business and have kind of have some clients or does it not really matter?
1: Yeah that's a great question. Um, so we work with both groups uh, but the the way that we would support each person would be different uh, as an example if someone's just getting started then uh, our self study program may be a better place for them to begin okay. uh, because our coaching program you know is a significant investment both in terms of time uh, and money so it needs to be for the right fit but in terms of who we work with for the coaching program uh, the the real qualification or one of the big factors that we look at and criteria is is this person an expert and okay. what I mean by that is that you need to really be able to deliver value and results for the clients that, that you're serving. So if someone is just brand new, like they're out of university and it's like, yeah, I've been studying about this one topic and I, I want to help people in it, um, then our coaching program would not be the right fit. Then I would say, look at the self-study program okay. to, to kind of get into consulting yourself a little bit. Um, you know, and and start to hone your craft, get that experience and expertise, and then you can look at the the next step from there. But people that reach out to us for the coaching program, they're all experts in their area. They may have just transitioned from the corporate world, and they might not have that much uh, consulting expertise necessarily, but they have clear expertise in their area. They're you know they're often executives, um, you know, at organizations, and now they want to go off on their own. They want to realize their their true and full potential. They want to have more freedom and flexibility, unlimited income earning potential. But we also work with a lot of consultants who have been consulting for five, 10 years or more in some cases. And for them, you know, their challenge is, is not the consulting part because they've been doing that for a while. Their challenge typically is that they've got to where they are just on the back of referrals and their network. And so they don't actually have a good marketing system in place uh, to bring them leads consistently and in a reliable fashion. And they want to grow beyond... Where they've got to today, and so we have you know proven processes and systems uh, and approaches and principles that we help everyone apply to their business
0: okay, interesting so how what's the cost or does it really depend on kind of what I'm looking for?
1: Yeah, it'll certainly depend. I mean we okay. have uh, we have programs that are you know like a few hundred dollars sure uh, we have some that are you know that are five figure investments, so right. it depends on what someone is looking for and what stage they're at. Um, and you know, what we aim to do with everything is to ensure that people have a positive uh, return on investment and that they are going to achieve their, you know, their real goals and real progress.
0: Sure. So you mentioned, uh, the course, what exactly is the course about and, uh, what do you, what do I kind of learn in that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, the course right now, like if you go today to our site, you will see a program called the consulting success system. And this is our best-selling self-study course. Uh, Really, on how to become a successful consultant. Uh, Right now, uh, like after you and I probably get off here, Kevin, I'm going to be going back into the recording studio because uh, we are recording um, and putting together an updated version of that program. So the Olin will be phased out; it'll be a completely new program, and that's all really about helping people to start, run, and grow a successful consulting business. But it's really focused. The self-study program is really focused on on people who want to, you know, get their first six figures in consulting. Okay. Um, and so it's, you know, it's like how to, how to get there, how to think about the, the building blocks and the foundational elements of actual consulting. So if you're not familiar with consulting at all, you haven't, you know, um, been a consultant and you want help, you want to, you know, just really a proven path to, to start your business and then to run your business, everything from how to set up the business, to marketing it, to your pricing, to your proposals, uh, right. Those entry steps, those early stages. This is a very clear path so that people don't need to um, you know, kind of tread water themselves or spin their wheels wondering like what do they do, or they don't have to just read a whole bunch of articles online and try and piece it together. We've organized it, packaged it, provided templates and scripts and and so forth to help people so they can just apply it right away.
0: Interesting. Okay. So at what point though, should I be looking to potentially um take the course? Like do I? I know you kind of mentioned if you're new to it, but should I come in? like, what should I have a specific background, or or is there not really any kind of prerequisites?
1: Yeah, I mean, so for the self-study program, there's no prerequisite because it's you know a course that you enroll to enroll into. Okay. Um, and so it's very different. Like with the coaching program, we have you know we get a lot of applications for that. It's very high demand. Uh, we turn away the vast majority of people that reach out because we oh, really want yeah. to make sure that it's yeah it needs to be a good fit and it needs to be a good fit in two ways. I mean, one, um, we you know we need to feel good about the people coming into it. Like we want to work with these people from a cultural perspective, uh, and just like yeah, you know, we're going to enjoy working together. But also, what's really important is that we need to feel that we can actually help you to to make real progress. And if we can't. Then we want to just you know guide you in a different direction um, because our reputation is obviously on the line, sure. and we, it's important that we only work with people who you uh, know we really know that we can help. But in the self-study programming, I mean, that's like at your own pace, right? You can sure. kind of go through as much as you want. So the real suggestion that I would have for you or for anyone thinking about like you know should I invest in whether it's ours or any other person's program in whatever area you know you want to improve in is just how committed are you to to doing this? Because I think there's a lot of people who take programs, but actually never do anything with them. Sure. Uh, or it's like you buy a book and you know maybe you read the first page and it goes on your bookshelf and you never take it off again. So my encouragement to everyone is whatever area of your life or business you want to improve, the first thing is just to really ask yourself, how committed are you to seeing change? Are you willing to put in the work to and, and to apply it? Uh, because if you just read things, if you just study but you don't actually apply, you're never going to get the results that you actually want um, and and desire. So if there is commitment, then I'd say that's a great time to, to educate yourself uh, and to work with you know, a coach or a mentor or go to an event or whatever it might be, but have that level of commitment decided up front.
0: Sure. No, that makes sense. So is the course or, or the, the coaching programs worthwhile if I'm looking to maybe just be a consultant part-time?
1: So the self-study program, uh, yes, 100%. And in fact, we've worked with a lot of consultants who have, uh, have done that. Um, you know, have been working full time and they want to just kind of get the consulting thing going on the side. Um, and we've also helped many people in our coaching program transition from working full time to actually going out and becoming a full time consultant. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, there's, there's no right or wrong. There's no one model, but again, in terms of if someone's going to get really great value uh, from the experience, then if they want to just, you know, kind of like add a little part time or, or dip their toes into the water as running their full-time business or uh, as they're you know working as an employee then in most cases the self-study program is going to be a better fit for them
0: sure so you guys also wrote uh an internet international best-selling book called um the elite consulting mind how is it similar and different to kind of the other two the course and the and uh coaching
1: well i mean a book is a book right so the, the the course is is a program uh, there's there's you know there's videos there's templates there's scripts um it's an, in a lot more detail right you can, you, sure so think about like thousands of the, the equivalent of like thousands of pages of of uh, of content as opposed to a book which is going to be a couple hundred or i think it was you know somewhere around that 2 250 something like that in terms of pages sure. uh but that's also the topic is very different right and of course coaching is is a whole different thing because coaching you get live you get live feedback you have the opportunity to ask questions Uh, and get answers specifically from myself and and my team. Uh, And you're surrounded also with a community of of other people who are going through the program as well. So it's a very different uh, type of mindset that you're looking for uh, when you go coaching as opposed to to self-study. But in terms of the book, I wrote The Elite Consulting Mind because what I've seen and observed over the years, you know I've been building consulting businesses now for almost 19 years. And both in my own companies as well as in the companies of our clients, I started to you know, to really notice, Kevin, that there were common challenges, common kind of roadblocks that people would hit. And, and they're always related to their mindset. It's very uh, rare that someone isn't successful just because they, you know, they don't know how to do something. It's most often, even though they know like what to do, they're not doing it. Okay. Um, and so what I want to explore in that book was why is that the case? And so I share stories uh, again, both from my own business experience and building consulting businesses, as well as those of our clients, of the most common roadblocks, the most common mindset uh, issues that consultants face, and then how to overcome them. Interesting. Because what I really, you know, again, see, it's kind of like the back to the story I was sharing with you that I felt with our other, other business that, uh, that we sold. You know, people have amazing potential. Uh, and especially if you really are an expert, I mean, you have so much potential to help. Others in the market and to make an impact, uh, but if you are, you know, confronting these different mindset challenges, whether it's around your fees or it's around your marketing or it's around, you know, setting up meetings or whatever it might be, right? Those are challenges, and if you're not taking steps to overcome them, then you're never going to realize your full potential. And so, I wrote that book really because I'm passionate about helping people to realize their potential, to get beyond from where they are, you know, to that next place. Um, and so, yeah, that was the book we put it out uh, in last year, and it's it's uh yeah, it sold very well.
0: Oh, that's great. So, you guys also do a podcast. What exactly do you guys cover in the podcast?
1: Yeah, so the Consulting Success podcast uh, is all about interviews. Well, it's it's mainly interviews of uh, of successful consultants. So I interview each week a different consultant. Uh, sometimes I do what I call solo cast. So it's just okay. myself talking about, uh, you know, a topic that I think is timely or important for people to, to hear about. Uh, but the vast majority, I'd say 90% of the consulting success podcast uh, are interviews with other successful consultants, all different industries all around the world.
0: No, I, I think that's, that's really great. So I'm curious then for people that are, are maybe looking to get into consulting or, or they're they're kind of looking to grow. What advice do you kind of give them other than maybe like working with, with you guys directly, either through the book or the course or the coaching, but what advice do you kind of give people looking to maybe get started or kind of grow their business or their consulting business?
1: Yeah, it's a great question and it's really going to depend on um, you know, what stage someone is at because the advice for someone uh, who for example, has maybe started and done a little bit of consulting, on the side is going to be different than someone who is maybe in a, in a corporate environment right now and wants to go off and, and do their own thing. But you know, if I was to, to offer advice that might be relevant for both groups um, what I would say is, first of all, just be very clear that you have a real area of of expertise and what you're going to want to do is, is validate that because oftentimes okay. people think like, Oh yeah, I can help in this area. Um, but they're just way too general or, their messaging is trying to speak to all, you know, to all people uh, about all things. And so when you're launching your consulting business, you want to get very, very specific about who you can help and how you can help them. You know, what problem are you really helping to solve? And is that a problem that people want to solve? Is that a problem that people are willing to invest uh, into solving? And so you can you know, do some initial work uh, in that area. Uh, you don't have to build a huge business plan or spend tons of time creating a website or fancy materials to to validate that. But validating that is so powerful because once you actually validate it, you know, you're going to get feedback about how to optimize or adjust what you've been thinking uh, to ensure that you actually have identified a market that you can then tap into. And then from there, you know, there's greater refinements around like who really is the ideal client and can you make your messaging even more powerful and, you know, then updating your other materials and making sure that you have the right uh, services and pricing and, and marketing and all of it to support that. But I think that's really what I would encourage people to, to do as a first step is to validate their ideas um, and again, like imperfect action. You don't need to, to create a lot of um, materials before you go out into the market. You, know, you want to have conversations with people as quickly as possible. And so that could be everyone from thought leaders to going to events, to speaking to people, to reaching out to other authors, uh, or even just approaching prospective clients and having conversations with them about what they're dealing with right now. To figure out how you can best help.
0: Interesting. So how would I know if I'm ready to actually become a consultant?
1: Well, yeah, that's a great question. That's a question that I ask a lot of people on the consulting success podcast. And the, you know, what I would say is that it's something that you will know. Uh, If you don't yet know that, then you're probably not ready to become a consultant because one of the greatest factors in the success of a consultant and of anyone in business is again, how committed are you? Like, are you just interested or are you committed? Interested means that you just want to collect information, think about things, plan stuff, but committed really means that you're going to take action on it and you're going to follow through and that you understand that you're going to hit challenges along the way. But regardless of that, it's all part of the journey and you're going to push through it because you really do want to realize your full potential so you know if someone's saying to themselves like yeah consulting might be a nice idea maybe I want to kind of get into it then they're not yet committed they're interested and that's fine it's not a bad thing it's just where they are uh, but the moment that you say to yourself you know what this is something that I do want to do I've been thinking about it for a while or it just really speaks to me and I've thought about it I want to make it happen or I'm already a consultant I want to take things to that next level once you truly make that decision and you make that commitment and then you honor that commitment for yourself for your family for your loved ones for your community then uh, it's going to stick with you, and you're going to be able to to see much greater uh, success than you would otherwise if you were just kind of you know interested and want to uh, to dip your toe in the water.
0: Sure. No, I, I, that's interesting. So I'm curious, though. Obviously, you've been building these kind of businesses for for a long time, and you've worked with tons of people building these consulting businesses. Is there kind of any um, things that I should kind of expect that are kind of maybe positive and, and negative things that or maybe myths that are, that, you know, people kind of expect all the time that you'd maybe like to, um, talk a little bit about, because I think sometimes, um, you, everybody thinks that they're going to be a consultant and you know, in a few months they're going to be making six figures or more. And, mm-hmm. um, just like, is there any advice you'd kind of give people that are kind of maybe set, set the kind of, or, or take away the kind of myth around everything that's been going on that you've at least seen?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a lot of hype in the marketplace, which is unfortunate because it does set a lot of, um, you know, expectations that that really uh, aren't too realistic. But you know, that being said, like we've seen many clients who have been able to achieve six figures in sometimes weeks. Uh, but that's not, you know, the the normal, and people need to understand that. That like I get, you know, we all live in a society these days where it's like instant gratification, right? Yeah. We can Pull out our phones, like we can just we can access a world of knowledge. In, in an instant. And so people do often think, and especially because they'll, they'll see something on YouTube or read an article and they'll hear about some, someone's great success um, and they'll think, well, yeah, I can replicate that if I do the same thing. Well, yeah, maybe you can, but just because someone else has done it in a week doesn't mean that you can do it in a week. It might take you six months. Uh, so again, this is why I'm, you know, I'm a, such a big believer in the idea of being committed to something because even if it takes you longer than you initially expected, you're going to stick with it. Um, and those that stick with it are going to, to see the greatest levels of success. So what I would say to everyone is, you know, come into it with a mindset that you're going to to commit. You're going to work as hard as you possibly can. Um, you're going to work smart and you're, you need to be open to push yourself beyond where you've been playing. Um, anytime you, you do something new, it's going to require that you venture out into the unknown. And most of us like to stay in the known, right? We like to just kind of sure. do what feels comfortable. And this is why so many people, So one of the things that I talk about in the elite consulting mind, like this idea of people who, um, who feel like they're productive, but if you actually really look at what you're doing on a daily basis, you're actually not spending your time on the most important areas that are going to have a real impact. As an example, people often will play with their website or update sure. a business plan or create materials or a presentation uh, or, you know, spend time like, Reading more or thinking more about what they should be doing, but the problem is they're not doing anything that's actually helping them to move their business forward. Uh, And so that requires you to often, you know, get out of the building—not necessarily physically out of the building—but you need to engage with prospects. You need to have conversations. And for a lot of people, that is hard to do. That is scary to do. Uh, But the more that you do of that, the more comfortable it becomes. And the more that you do of that, the more feedback you can then. Take and implement to refine your business and your messaging and everything else that you're working on, uh, and that's going to create a lot more progress and momentum and, and success as a result of that. So, you know, have a long-term mindset in everything that you do. Recognize that yes, you might uh, be able to achieve great results, but like most things in business, there's ups and downs, there's challenges. The the what really separates people who are successful from those who struggle is that the person who's successful is just understands that there's uncertainty as part of business. Sure. Uh, and that you just need to be willing to work through that um, and you get up faster you know, each time that you encounter a challenge. Uh, but you will always encounter challenges and that just means that you're pushing yourself uh, into new territory and new territory is where extraordinary things happen. If you're happy just with the status quo, then stay where you are. But if you want to actually achieve greater growth and results, uh, then you need to be prepared to work hard at it and to do things that you haven't done before.
0: Sure. No, that's interesting. So, Walk me through a little bit of, well, or I guess maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Like, if I meet, I don't know, like I get introduced through a a mutual friend or somebody I've known a long time, it's like, you know what, you should meet this person for coffee, and you guys go for coffee and you chat for an hour about whatever. Is a lot of it just potentially getting your first few clients, just saying, figuring out what that potential person um, is maybe needing help with or why that person connected you with them? And then you could say, you know, tell me about something you've struggled with or or how can I help you? And then maybe that leads to kind of a first initial partnership or or maybe not partnership's the wrong word, or, or like you kind of try each other out a little bit and say, you know what, like I'll help you write a business plan or proposal or something kind of small. Like, is that a kind of good way to kind of get your maybe consulting business off the ground or or help get new clients without kind of no, being like full on, uh, like kind of constantly selling yourself as a consultant?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a very common uh, way to start building a consulting business. Most people will will leave, you know, the the corporate world uh, and transition to consulting and their first few clients will either come from their previous employer okay. uh, or it will come from their networking connections, right? You know, you, if you're leaving your job, send out an email to everyone that you know. And and even actually if you're an existing consultant and you just want to get more business, you don't always need to find new clients. Like there might be just business around you, like your past clients, uh, you know, in your network. So by letting people know, Hey, here's what I'm doing, or I'm launching this, or I'm doing that, uh, that right there can create interest. But yeah, if you don't have that type of network, then a great step to take is to set up meetings with people who you believe could be ideal clients or that uh, might have uh, people they can introduce you to, and go into those meetings not with the idea that you need to sell something. You don't need to, to feel the pressure to do that. But you want to learn from that experience. You want to try and identify, you know, where is their opportunity in the marketplace? Like, what are people happy with? What would they like that they currently don't have? What do they dislike? You know, take all that feedback, and then if you can help, if you've identified in those conversations there's some way that you can help someone, let them know. Say, hey, you know, that's really interesting because I could actually like I may be able to help you with that. And they'll okay. tell you, well, okay, like, you know, what do you mean? And then you can explain, oh, well, actually, for the last 10 years, I've been working in this exact area. I've worked on three projects that include this, this, and this. So here's what, you know, here are the results of what we did. And uh, I think it sounds like exactly what you're describing that you're looking for. Is that correct? And they'll say, yeah, you know, if that's kind of how it goes. And, and that right there can lead into an opportunity. The big thing is a lot of people don't do that, right? They sit sure. back, they spend time creating things right? They're building, but they're not getting out of the building. And so they're not having those conversations and you need to be able to have those conversations so that you can then make an offer. Sure. So
0: then in that scenario, how do you start coming up with like what you should charge for some of that stuff?
1: So, you know, a great starting point for um, for a lot of people and I shouldn't say great, but a place where a lot of people start is just with hourly fees. Okay. Um, And hourly fees are are fine. I'm not a big fan of them because, one, I mean, they're just like there's no alignment between the buyer and the consultant. Right. uh, Right. The client wants you to work less. You want to work more to make more money. Um, You know, your incentive is right to take longer. Um, The client's going to hold off trying to reach out to you with any questions they might have or additional things because they think you're going to charge them for it, uh, and you hit an income ceiling, right? You can only you cap yourself based on the number of hours that you have. But right. as a starting point for people, it's fine. Like there's there's nothing wrong with that experience, or just figuring out. Listen, this is I think it's going to take me this amount of time to do this project. Um, you know, here's here's kind of what I want to be making. So a great a great exercise for anyone is just to work backwards, like figure out what do you want to be making annually, and then break that down by the number of days you actually have to work and remove administration, marketing time, and all that other stuff. And you can figure out pretty quickly, Like this is what I want to be making. And here's what I need to be making each day or each week or each month. Uh, And then apply that to a project. It's always a good idea to uh, add on a little bit more because it might take you more time. uh, right? So give yourself a a little bit of a cushion there. But really, Kevin, like at the beginning, it's not about making money for the first You know, a couple of clients. Like it's great to make money, but the the bigger value it comes from the experience. So if you're just getting started as a consultant, you know, discounting your fees or even doing a project pro bono just to get that experience is totally fine. In fact, it can be very, very helpful. Uh, It's not something that you want to do long term, right? uh, But just to get you know your foot in the door and to get that experience and that track record and that case study that you can then leverage and use in in your marketing and to go to other clients like that. Can be very powerful. I you mean, know, once you've done that, then then where you want to go is you want to look at a, a better pricing model, a pricing model that has a lot more leverage and scale, and that can be significantly more profitable. And there's many different ones, so it depends. You know, whether you're looking at retainers, whether you're looking at performance deals, uh, or you're looking at ROI and, and value-focused uh, pricing, where you really hone in on what is the value for the buyer, uh, and then base your fees on kind of a percentage of that to to give them a very positive return on
0: investment. Sure. So have you, in your experience, seen where, say, I do a pro bono case or uh, work for you, for example, Mm -hmm. um, and and then just to start off, and and then, um, you know, eventually, like you mentioned, I want to make some money. How do I transition from actually like doing free work for, for like a client, like say, hypothetically yourself, to actually getting you to eventually pay me for to to continue working together, or am I kind of just out of luck? I need to go find, you know, another kind of client.
1: No, I mean, so here's the key thing, right? In all work and everything that you do, you need to do a good job, um, okay. right? Most most employers, most clients, uh, they're always looking for experts and, and for help, and it's still rare to find someone who just delivers consistently. So if you're delivering consistently and that client is is uh, you know happy with that situation. They're probably going to want to keep you around, and so your goal is to plant the seeds throughout that project about other things you could be doing, and make it very clear from the beginning. This is just you know set the expectation like this is the one project we're doing together pro bono or a discounted fee, right? But going forward, it'll be it'll be different, uh, and then you look for opportunities to add more value. That's what it's about, and so okay. then you have a conversation with that client about what you've been working on uh, in the past, what you're currently working on with them, what the next step is. And the next logical step, not for you, but for them uh, and how you know, things are going to be better off for them or how you can help them to, to solve other issues that you've identified, uh, come to an agreement in terms of where they also see the value, uh, propose what that would look like to help them to, to solve that or to create that level of value. And now you've got an extension, right? You've got more business from that client. But what you should also do is take the experience of working with that client, go out to similar organizations and say, Hey, I've just been working with this organization on this, you know, this issue or this project. Um, here's what we're seeing so far. You know, do you have any need for this? Okay. Uh, can can I, are you looking to do the same? Are you working on these kind of projects? Or, or I'd just love to come in and talk with you about what I've been doing and what I've been seeing here and, and learn more about what you're also working on. So there's many variations of, of how to, you know, do this, but you certainly want to leverage that experience so that you can, create more opportunities to work with similar organizations.
0: Okay. And are you cold calling this? Are you cold emailing? Um, are you trying to get introductions? Like how do you go about actually doing that?
1: Yeah. So there's different, you know, think about like a bullseye, right? There's, yeah. there's rings uh, always start with the, the path of least resistance. And so that is your network that is leveraging referrals and introductions. It's always sure. better to go warm, right. than to go cold, but it doesn't mean that you just stop at that first kind of ring of you know of warmth, you want to go beyond that, and so you might begin by doing referrals and introductions. But then next after that, you'll connect with someone on LinkedIn. Uh, you'll send them an email or uh, some content that would be valuable to them. You follow up with a phone call, right? And you you nurture. Um, okay. So it's all of that, and then you can hit them from other ways too, right? You if you're creating content or you're going to events, you can layer on um, the the touch points you know, to your kind of your total campaign. uh, And now you're going to be top of mind for for your ideal clients on
0: an ongoing basis. Interesting. So you're almost selling yourself a little bit, right? Like, or constantly selling yourself. Is that fair to say?
1: You you have to be. And a lot of people think about that as like, it's a negative term. Like, no, I don't want to sell myself or I'm too good for that. Or I've been a vice president of this organization. I'm not going to sell myself. People need to come to me. No, they don't. I mean, you know, the, the reality is that if you're not willing to to kind of toot your own horn or to talk about your accomplishments. No one's going to do it for you. Sure. Uh, and, and you may have got to where you are today based on just your referrals in your own network, but at some point that is going to slow down or it's going to come to a halting screeching stop and you're going to wonder like what do I do now? And so you want to be proactive with this. You want to recognize that your focus should always be on building meaningful relationships with buyers and you want to stay top of mind with those buyers and you want to focus on Having conversations with those buyers, and so that requires you to do outreach. That requires you to do follow-up. That requires you to talk about what it is that you're actually doing and how you can help people. Um, because if you don't tell them why you're good and what you've accomplished, then there's no way that they that they will really know about that. You can't expect them to go off and you know spend a lot of time researching um, you know kind of your background. Like they might do that, but they also might not. Because sure. they might just gloss over and someone else that does a, good, a better job of communicating their value and their track record and their accomplishments and their successes. If they see that person before they see you, then they might just say yes to that person because you, know, you haven't competed. You haven't done a good job of standing out. So you want to make sure that you give yourself the best chance to, to win that business and to get that conversation um, and to help that client by, by putting everything that you have, everything that you've accomplished at the forefront.
0: Sure. So is there some like how do you make sure it doesn't come across like you're just constantly bragging about yourself
1: well i think you know if if you are putting onto social media or whatever it might be like i i think you know it's like i think it's a great question kevin but but i do believe that most people will would know the difference when you're actually creating the content right if you're okay putting up on linkedin like Hey, you know, I just won this other award and uh, I'm, I'm such a great person. Like I'm the best ex, you know, expert in this area because I won this award, right? That comes off as bragging. Okay. But, but if you post and said really honored uh, to speak at this, you know, at this conference or uh, I'm really enjoying being part of the team at XYZ Inc, helping them in this area, that doesn't come across as bragging. That is coming sure. across as sharing what you're doing. So I think that's really the, the difference, right, is some people will, um, will lean a little bit more heavily, maybe to the bragging side. But I, I would say that actually fewer don't even do the bragging side. They just, they're scared of the idea of coming across as bragging. So they don't do anything.
0: And that's the real
1: problem. So the opportunity for everyone is to just be putting out there to communicate your story, to communicate your accomplishments, put on your website, put on your LinkedIn profile, talk about it in social media, right? Make sure that that it's out there, uh, because it will, it will help you to grow your business.
0: No, I a hundred percent agree. I I think that's that's actually really good advice. But we're, we're out of time. So let's close with mentioning where people can learn more about all the stuff you guys are doing and, and kind of dive a lot deeper into all the stuff we covered today.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, the best place to go is consultingsuccess.com. That's consultingsuccess.com. Uh, there you can find a whole bunch of resources, both free and paid. Uh, and if you want to take a look at uh, any of the books that I've written, you're welcome to go over to Amazon. And uh, you can find them both in paperback and Kindle.
0: Perfect, Michael. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Kevin.
0: Thanks. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. To join the free community, buy some merch, sponsor the show, or sign up for the newsletter, please visit the website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.